Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. Yeah, we're here to help you use closure and functional programming. Uh, are you stuck on something? Is there a question that you have about closure or about functional programming or uh, one of the concepts that's in there? Are you, you eager to use it? Um, eager to use closure? You want to unpack the all that functional goodness? Um, you want to put the fun in functional, but you, uh, you, you don't quite know how to unpack it. So um, let us know. We, we'd love to help. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a tweet at Closure Design. Send us an email at feedback at closuredesign.club or go hop in our Closurian Slack channel, which is Closure Design podcast, where you can enjoy a somewhat more real time conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this week we return to reducers, reduction, re- reducing functions. Uh, we're in a little series here uh, where we're talking about um, reduce and its and its its progeny. It's the things that it has it has cascaded throughout the language. And um, so, the first episode we talked about reduce reducing functions, and last year last week we talked about the sequence abstraction. And 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 yes. now and now we want to move on to the next level. We want to achieve the next level of enlightenment. We we want to. Right. I think we, we left them we left them in the grocery store, if I remember, in our functional in our functional romantic comedy, our functional rom com with the sequence abstraction, you know, over by the pro, fresh produce and the uh, reducing functions, uh, I don't know, by by the dry goods. <laughs> exactly. And so how do they come together? Well, so that's one of the one of the challenges is reduce has a really tight coupling to the sequence abstraction, right? Because when when you're iterating over a sequence and you're you're you need to get the next thing out of like how do you get the next thing, right? So maybe maybe the reduce function can like your reducing function doesn't have to know how to get the next thing. The next thing just shows up as an argument. But then your reducing function what what does it do with it? It, it combines it in, right? And and it returns a product, but but like what if you're doing a a, a map, right? That your product is a list. Well, how how do you build up that list? Well, you have to build up that list by calling a a sequence function like conj, right? Or cons or or something like that. And so <laughs> your reducing function gets married to the representation of the result. So. So we have we have we have coupling we have marriage this is definitely a, a rom- romantic comedy, uh. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is this like the anti comedy <laughs> because they're gonna come together and get married and then we're gonna rip them apart? <laughs> well, I think I think you know what, what kind of gets us into what we, what we want to talk about today is if we go back to the 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 metaphor of the grocery store you know and 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 and. Reduce and reducing functions and and the seek abstraction come together, and they've got you know a hundred things in their grocery basket, and and they want to check out. And so if they go to check out, they have to check out one at a time. They have to go through all hundred of those things one at a time. Uh, but wouldn't right. it be great if they could just take those and split it into like I don't know five different baskets and get do twenty at a time? 
then then you you you, you can get your checkout done much faster. I think that's right. So not only does the seek abstraction start imposing like you must go through it in order and there's some reductions that we could do not in order and in parallel like addition because it's associative. Mm -hmm. Um, It also we and we said it makes these uh, intermediate collections, which isn't like super desirable. But then also there's this other penalty. So that seek abstraction you know, it's it's uh, let's just say it's uh, a little lazy, right? It's not super eager to just jump <laughs> up and help you right out. It uh, it doesn't really want to bother to even do any of the work of getting the next element until you ask for it. Um, so maybe it's, a, it's amazing how yeah. much work laziness uh, requires. So you know, it, right? If you have a collection like a like a vector, so to kind of make it concrete, if you have a vector and you want to go through each of those each of those um, elements, there's five elements in there. You can just reference them by 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 index, and and you can get the next the next like you can just go through that collection really really quickly. But if you have a lazy sequence of five elements, um, at every step along the way, you have to call. You know, the, the, you have to call a function essentially to get the next value, which has to do work. Even if that work is not very much, it's still calling a function. And so, going through a collection lazily is actually slower than going through it eagerly, assuming that, of course, it fits in memory and you know doesn't explode your computer, right? Right, and because the way like lazy actually gets done is is it returns when you have a lazy sequence. Right, you you have the next element like in your hand, like the current element really, like in your hand. But then when you want to get the rest of the sequence, you you call a function that will then return you a reference to the next thing in the sequence, you know? And so so you're always returning a function as the oh, and here's how you get the rest. That way it can, that that's how it defers the work, right? Sometimes people refer to this kind of as a thunk you return a thunk which is just a function with no args it's going to give you the thing that that you really want so it can <laughs> you can delay the work or you can defer the work to to the future and so that means that function has to get allocated and created and returned and then called and so like you're saying Nate when you when you have an array where all those things are just all sitting there laid out you know an array is behind the scenes in a vector it's just right there you know, you're you're adding all this extra wrapping paper, right, <laughs> around getting to the thing that's right next to you in the first place. <laughs> A lot of overhead, right? Right. And the the other the the like so the other the other issue with with doing um, uh, uh, transformations in multiple steps, I think you mentioned it before, is the idea that they, they introduces intermediate collections. So if you want to take a collection and filter it two different ways, then map it two different ways, you actually end up with five intermediate collections. I mean, they're all lazy. So it's actually, you know, five intermediate lazy functions that are all waiting there for the next value to, to go through. And, um, and so, but it can't just, that, 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 that transformation, the four steps of that transformation can't all happen at once because each of those functions needs to take a seek and give a seek. You know, it would be, right. it'd be, it'd be great if you could take all those transformations and bundle them into one function and just pass that function to reduce or that function to map. And then, and then you get all of your work done without the intermediate collection and, it, and the associated memory use. Right. Yeah. And so 
avoiding those intermediate collections is a design goal, really, of the reducers library, right? It has a has a few different design goals. So it, it has a design goal around running things in parallel. It has a design goal for making things eager. It has a design goal for avoiding those intermediate collections. Of course, then some of those goals come with certain certain constraints now, right? Like yeah, you certain things uh, can't be reduced in parallel, so you you shouldn't do those kinds of reductions because they're not associative. Like subtraction is a great example of something that doesn't work out as well. <laughs> it doesn't um, work out as well. <laughs> I like yeah. the wonderful saying way of saying wrong. <laughs> or or yes. And so but things that are associative, uh te- you you can reduce in parallel, right? So you you like if you do one plus two plus three, it doesn't matter if you do one plus two and then add three, or if you do uh, you know, one and then add the two and three, etc. So yeah. Um yeah, so so to be able to do that though, now all of a sudden you we want to get rid of these intermediate collections and and not create them. Uh and you want to be able to run stuff in parallel. So so now each of those steps like it let's say you do a map and then a filter and then a reduce, right? Like the map and the filter and then the the actual combining part of the reducing function, right? All of those things have to have to happen together, kind of as a bundle, right? Like the 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 map step has to hand something immediately without creating an intermediate sequence to the filter step, which has to hand something immediately without creating an intermediate sequence to the reduce step, so that you can. Uh, avoid the intermediate sequence, right? Exactly. And in order, in order to do that, you have to compose those steps together, right? You have to build up a reducing function, which is made up of those three reducing function parts. Right. It's moving from from talking about transforming the sequence to transforming the the reducing function itself. So you want to have something that you can take a reducing function and add to that reducing function and return a reducing function. So it's kind of a lot more like middleware in ring or, or something else where you're not actually doing the work. You're just, you're just um, adding another layer of, of instruction to it. Does that make sense? Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So then let's take a quick segue back to the first episode in the series. So reducing <laughs> functions. So reducing functions are the backbone. So if you haven't listened to the first episode, so two episodes ago, if you haven't listened to that, go go listen to that first. But the key yes. insight is all of these things, a map can be represented, a map operation, like, like doing a map over a sequence, right, can be represented as a reducing function. Right. And so it's a reducing function that takes an element and applies a function to it and then conjures it onto a resulting uh, list. Right. So, so in your reducing function, you know, we like to talk about the accumulator or sometimes we talk about like the result, you know. So that accumulator value is just is, is the output sequence. Right. And then um, the reducing function goes through each element in in the uh, input sequence and so so yeah that that map thing it has to run that function and then conjure it onto the output sequence right so that's how you'd represent map as a reducing function 
But the problem, of course, is this map, this version of map as a reducing function is very tightly coupled to knowing how yeah. to conj elements onto the result list. So it's a, these are two different parts, right? So the part you can go back and be convinced of in the first episode is that you can represent map and you can represent filter and these sort of things as reducing functions. And that now opens up this door for us to compose them, which is cool. But we have this problem of the right. output. Yeah, imagine, imagine, because the mapping function you just talked about, it knows how to do the ma- the, the actual map. The, it knows how to call a function to transform the element that it's working on. But then it also has the conj embedded in it to 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 actually, you know, fold that into the, the, the resulting collection. And, and in order to be able to compose uh, reducing functions together, we basically need to make it so that instead of it knowing what, um, what function to use to put that into the, into the resulting collection, it needs to be handed in as an argument. And so right. the reducing, a, a, a reducer is a function that returns a function that takes a reducing function and returns a reducing function, uh, which so it, there's actually three <laughs> three levels. I, I don't I don't know if that's making any sense. I think we might have to have a little, a couple of links. There's a couple of really good blog posts um, that help with this uh, with with the actual code of this, and I think we might li- either link to them or put a little yeah. bit of code in the notes. Um, we will it, definitely it, it link out to those. Definitely a mind. It helps bend. to see it trying to yeah. think about that the, the levels of it but once you once once you see um how 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 they how they work but the, what, what you end up with your 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 so to speak your mapping transform uh or mapping reducer all it has inside is the logic around the map but not around the actual um uh, uh putting it in the collection that putting it in the collection function it, it actually gets handed and so because it gets handed it yeah Sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say, yeah. So, like, the key, the key insight to kind of take the next hop is, so in this mapping, ver- this reducing function that does mapping, right? This, ma- this reducing function version of mapping. Um, <laughs> right. It, when, it, when it runs, the, it, it takes that function, you know, it has a function, it runs the input through that function and it gets the output from that function, right? And then it needs to go and it needs to do something with it. So the key insight is conj is actually also a reducing function, right? So if you have a list and you want to, and you have a new thing and you want to combine it into that list and end up with a list, well, that's what conj is, Right. Precisely. And so conj could be handed in as a reducing function to map, right? So so what you can do is if if you add another layer of uh, abstraction, so now you <laughs> you have a reducing function uh, to use an OO term factory, right? Or a higher order oh. function. So now what you do is you have a function, okay, that takes a reducing function as an argument. And this this is going to be your your output reducer, okay? And then it returns a reducing function to you, right? And now that reducing function knows how to get work done using that output reducer. And so, it, like for the in this case, it could be conj, right? So so now we have a reducing function that that knows how to conj things on it, right? 
um, because conj is also a reducing function. But what's cool is through this trickery, you can have your earlier stages in your computation, they're also reducing functions. So they can get passed in instead. So now when you do want to do a map filter and uh, let's just say you want to do a map and a filter, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, so you, you have basically three reducing functions, right? You have your map reducing function. You have your filter reducing function, and then you have your conj reducing function, which is the thing that actually like realizes the end of the end of the chain. Yes, you know, and that's the best part is that the actual end of the chain, the conj, is you actually provide that when you're doing the like when you're assembling it together. It's not buried in one of the other functions, and that's the best right. part because then it's because it, because it's on the outside. Now you're instead of in, you're 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 composing them together as equals as peers that. That then are 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 performant because the transformation happens goes through all three of those steps all at once without having to init the intermediate collection. Right. right, and so so the idea is the conj function. That's kind of like the 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 native function, if you will, or the, <laughs> like the elemental thing at the end. Okay. Well, so what you do is you have this higher order filter that that has an argument that you pass conj in, and then that gives you a reducing function now that knows how to do filter but and assemble using conj, right? Well, that's a reducing function, which is cool. So now you have your higher order up. map. Yep. Your higher order mapper, right? Like and and it takes a reducing function. So so it knows what to do with its result, right? And the higher order map, like, well, the thing that you just got, well you pass that in there, right? Your assembled conj and filter Right. Well, you pass that in as its reducing function, and now it gives you a new reducing function back that knows how to use that other function to assemble its results. Right. So you end up chaining the reducing functions such that you don't need an intermediate result. Right. Because because conj is a reducing function that got handed into the special filter, which made a reducing function that got handed into the special mapper, which made a reducing function that you can then call reduce on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's any clearer. I think <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I I think it's I think it, it's it's becoming more clear how you compose these together, um, and 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 but I think that that gets towards another one of the design goals of the reducers uh, of core reducers is that um, it's it's composing these reducing functions together. Um, it's kind of uh, it's 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 kind of foreign to someone who's used to just using you know, core filter, core map, you know, all, all of the core functions. And so one of the design goals of the reducers framework is to, um, to make this, to basically to be able to have the benefit of these, the eager, the no uh, intermediate collections, the ability to paralyze, but not have, a, not, not foist a, a new uh, API upon, upon everyone who uses closure. Right. And so, right. If you, you can look just at, use it, in, in such a way that you're familiar, kind of like you would use core, you know, gives you sort of that like thread syntax, right? You can thread and just put an R slash in front of everything and it feels the same, like that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And and so like, so so then there there's sort of that design goal, but but under the hood in order to parallelize, like like you you, it has to have sort of that one grand composed reducing function that does everything in one at one shot in order to get work done under the hood 
right? Right. So it has this really cool uh, composition of reducing functions inside, but then then to make it familiar and to to leverage it, there there there's more to core reducers than just that that part of it. Uh, they they want like Rich right. wanted to really make it so that it was accessible. Do so you get a lot of performance benefits without having to learn a new API? Yeah, so it's kind of it's sort of funny. I mean, I'm not rich and I don't live in his head, <laughs> but but you have these goals of like making a high performance version of these sequence functions, things that can be run in parallel and eager and don't make intermediate collections. But to get there, it necessitates composing reducing functions. So you end up with this like cool like abstraction buried deep in the guts that of 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 composing up these reducing functions, right? It's like a means. It's like a means to an end. <laughs> right. But it's but it's not think, really. It's not really its own API. It's sort of inside the reducers. Yeah, it, it's it's it, yeah, it's one of the steps along the way to making reducers, and um, and so yeah, it, it ends up because of that the design goal of making it easy to use. Um, reducers are actually pretty easy to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I come as a surprise, uh, but l- like you said, like all you have to do is literally import reducers and add r slash, you know, or reducer slash in front of you know the the, the functions that it supports, and you get the benefits. Um, assuming, of course, that your 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 um like it'll be parallel if your transformation is associative, and um, and actually like some of the parallelization doesn't work. Like paralliz- parallelization won't work. Uh, if you're using a list, it only work on vectors and maps. So there is, there are some, like it doesn't just magically work, but it's actually pretty accessible for uh, for for some of the really cool benefits that it gets you. Yeah, so there's definitely some caveats. So the cool thing about reducers is um, Rich put a lot of effort to make them feel familiar, like we were saying, so you can just pick them up and use them. But when you try to just really use them, you know, in anger. You you start to feel pretty crippled because like where where are my a bunch of primitives that maybe you're used to in core aren't there you know like like draw oh, like right. well drop is it's, there it's but a, it's incomplete like if you right. actually read the, the blog post that that rich at the at the end of his first blog post it's like there's more work to do we can probably add a lot more of the core functions you know uh, but. If you look at reducers as it is right now, it's obvious that that work did not happen. Yes, and there, there, there's a reason for that, which uh, of course we'll get to. <laughs> but uh, for now, but you that, go to use reducers. It's nice because you can do this work in parallel. It's really neat. Um, it's it feels familiar, but then you start running into these edges, like the reduction itself. If you want to parallelize it, well, it has to be associative. Oh, if you had a seek and not a vector, well, it couldn't get parallelized, so it ended up being sequential uh, without you realizing it, right? You kind of run into some of those when you're using reducers. Um, but yeah. it, but if you sort of it, if your problem fits the domain and then you have the right data structures, you can get a a really nice speed up of performance by using reducers instead of just by using core for these performance reasons we've been talking about. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool framework. So then, you know, deep, buried deep inside in the caverns of reducers is this really nifty idea of taking reducing functions and composing them together to make larger composite reducing functions, which is pretty cool. And, and so 
Rich uh, was thinking about this, and it came <laughs> to mind when they were working on Core Async. So, so here they had made the uh, reducers, and now they're working with Core Async, and and they and uh, you have this problem in Core Async where values come in and you want to transform and emit them, or values come in and you want to drop them. And boy, you know, values coming through a core async channel, they they just feel an awful lot like, you know, traversing through a sequence, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they are they are a sequence. They're just a sequence that's not realized all at once and not not re not not realized in the lazy way, but re not realized in the time has not progressed until the next value is has arrived. But it is a sequence um, and so it'd be really cool to use the same level of of composition. Yeah. It it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> if only there is a way that we could represent <laughs> these things. If only there is a way. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll just have to. Stop. We'll just have to see next week. Stop teasing. <laughs> Stop a way. teasing. Yes. <laughs> because yes. So this is where we're going to enter into the new world and finish out our series next week. So we would love for you to listen back in as we continue and finish our series all about reducing things and things that rhyme with reducer yes <laughs> so We're the um, producers of reducers <laughs> right uh so i think yeah yeah if you have any questions uh, about this episode or reducing reducing functions in general um please reach out to us send us a tweet at closure design or an email to feedback at closure club uh, or you can also hop into our Closure Design Dash podcast channel on the Closurian Slack, and uh, we'd love to talk up there too. Yes. Does this episode have you wondering about more? Would you like to see those links that we talked about? We'll go to closuredesign.club and check out the show notes. We'll link out to good resources for you to kind of get to the bottom of this material, and you can also find all of our past episodes there too. <laughs> yep. All right, we'll be back next week with the exciting conclusion to our series. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>